It's Dramatic Listening, the podcast where you learn English by listening to radio plays. I'm your host and teacher, Wendy Lambert. Good day. This is our first Dramatic Listening podcast, so I just want to explain that each podcast will be about 25 to 30 minutes long, and... I'm looking at a play that was done on the radio back in the 1940s or 1950s, usually. And the play could be about many different genres. And today we're starting with one that is a mystery story, more specifically, a detective story. It's a very classical detective story by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes. The story is Sherlock Holmes and the Adventure of the Norwood Builder. But the play is actually quite long, about 25 minutes long. So we don't have time to listen to a whole play and talk about it too. So each podcast that I do will be a short section of the play. And then I will also be teaching you some new words and going through the play step by step to make sure you're understanding it as we go. Sherlock Holmes is one of the most well-known detectives of fiction, and the stories about Sherlock Holmes are translated into many languages. In Chinese, do you know who he is? His name is Formosa. In this scene, perhaps I should just call it a part of the play, but in this particular scene, scene one, Sherlock Holmes meets a new client. Before we get to it, I have a few new words to teach you. The first is to blame. If you blame somebody, then you think that something went wrong and it's their fault. Zhuguai or zibei, zhijai in Chinese. Number two is a solicitor. A solicitor in British English is like saying a lawyer in American English. It's a low-level lawyer, or chuji lu shi. The third word is deduce. To deduce is to take the evidence that you see or hear, something that you are experiencing through your senses, and to come to a conclusion based on things that you've already experienced in life. To deduce in Chinese would be tuiduan. The fourth word is deduction. So this is the noun form of deduce. If you deduce something, then the conclusion you come to is your deduction, and the process is your deduction. Tuilun in Chinese. Our fifth word is arrest. Arrest, to arrest somebody. This is usually done by the police. So the police will arrest a criminal. They'll catch him and put his hands in handcuffs and take him down to the police station and probably put him in jail. Arrest. 
daibu. Our sixth word is to charge. To charge somebody with a crime. This is to formally say why you're arresting them. What is the crime that you think they have done? To charge in Chinese would be kong gao, zhi kong, gao fa, gui zui yu. Our seventh word is murder, murder. To murder somebody is to kill them. Mo sha zui. Our eighth word is arson, arson, feng huo, or zong huo zui. So this is starting a fire, setting fire to something, and in doing so you're committing a crime, the crime of arson. Sometimes arson is committed to cover up other crimes. Arson. Our next word is clue, a clue. When a detective goes to a crime scene, he's looking for clues. And when he talks to people, he's also looking for clues. So a clue is a small bit of information that is going to lead him to his conclusion, to solving the crime. Clue, xian or ti shi in Chinese. The next word is criminal. A criminal is a person, a person who has committed a crime. So if somebody steals something, they're not only a thief, but they are, in a broader sense, a criminal. So any kind of crime committed makes that person a criminal. Criminal. Fan zui zhi, or fan ren, or zui fan in Chinese. And the last word for today is a case. A case. So when the police look at an event, a crime that has taken place, it is a case, and they're trying to find out everything they can about that case. In Chinese, that would be you dai jin cha shen li de an jian, or just an jian. Let's listen now to scene one. The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, the original and immortal stories of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, dramatized anew with Sir Ralph Richardson as Dr. Watson and Sir John Gielgud in the role of Sherlock Holmes. Yes, what's this, Watson? Someone in quite a remarkable state of agitation, Holmes. Whoever it is, he's not even waiting for Mrs. Hudson's good offices. A man from his step. 
A young one from his energy. And a strong one from his tug on the bell pull. Mr. Holmes, I'm nearly mad. Oh, do sit down, won't you? Mr. Holmes, I am the unhappy John Hector McFarlane. Pray have a cigarette, Mr. McFarlane. Oh, you mustn't blame me. I'm nearly mad, I tell I you. I blame you for nothing. But if you don't sit down and compose yourself, I can't possibly listen to you. Well? I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, of course, of course. But if you only knew... When you are fully composed, you must tell us very slowly and quietly who you are and what it is you want. You mentioned your name as if I should recognize it. But I assure you I know nothing whatever about you, beyond the obvious fact that you're a bachelor, a solicitor, and a Freemason. Mr. Holmes, how on earth... <laughs> oh, you mustn't mind it, Mr. McFarlane. It looks like a conjuring trick, but it's really quite simple. But he deduced the first fact from the general untidiness of your attire, if I may say so, and the second from the sheaf of legal papers sticking out of your pocket there, and the third... From the charm on your watch chain. Upon my soul, Watson, you improve. You do indeed. <laughs> well, thank you, Holmes. And now I, I fancy Mr. McFarlane's calm enough to tell us his story coherently. Uh, Mr. Holmes, I'm everything you said. And in addition, I'm the most unfortunate man in London. I'm calm enough now. But I had to know you'd be working for me. And it's just that I had to get here before they did. Oh, and who are they, Mr. McFarlane? The police. Uh, they're on their way to arrest me. The police. This is really most gratifying. <laughs> Quite interesting. Uh, on what charge, may I ask? Of murdering Mr. Jonas Oldacre of Lord Norwood. Dear me. Uh, Look there, Mr. Holmes. There, at that newspaper. Look at that headline. Yes, 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 Watson. Pray look at this. Uh, the second page, as I recall, it runs... Mysterious affair at Lower Norwood. Disappearance of well-known builder, murder and arson. Yes. And here you see, below... Yeah, a clue to the criminal, the mysterious Mr. McFarlane. That's a clue they're following now. A, a man was after me at London Bridge Station. What's that? Who is it, Mr. Holmes? We must wait and see. Of course you understand, Mr. McFarlane, that I don't necessarily accept your case. Oh, Mr. Holmes, I Still, I'll you. listen at least. And if... Sherlock Holmes gets cut off at that point because the police come in, but we'll have to leave that until scene two when McFarlane tells his story. We have quite a bit of British accent and word usage here in this story, so I'll make note of that as we go through it. So starting at the beginning, let's walk through the play again step by step. It begins with, hello, what's this? Hello here is not greeting. It is rather to say, hey, I've noticed something, and to get Watson's attention. Watson notices that the person coming is in a state of agitation. Agitation means that they are worked up or upset. He knows that because they haven't even waited for Mrs. Hudson's good offices. Mrs. Hudson is the housekeeper at the apartment where Sherlock Holmes lives, and it would normally be her job to answer the door. But this person has come in and started running up the stairs without waiting for her to answer the door, so they must be agitated. Holmes and Watson continue on deducing who their visitor is from the evidence that they hear. Holmes notices that he must be young from his energy 
And Watson says he must be strong because the pull on the bell pull was quite strong. The doorbell rang quite loudly. And in rushes John McFarland. He says, Mr. Holmes, I'm nearly mad. Mad has two possible meanings. It could mean angry, and it can also mean crazy. Here it means crazy. I'm nearly crazy. I'm going crazy. Holmes invites him to sit down. He says, do sit down. So do sit down is a way to invite someone to do something. Please sit down. McFarland introduces himself, and Holmes says, pray, have a cigarette. Pray is a very formal and old-fashioned way to say please. So he invites him again to this time to have a cigarette. McFarland says, oh, you mustn't blame me. Blame, you'll remember, zi Don't blame me for what has gone wrong. It's not my fault. He says, I'm merely mad at him. Here we mean angry. I'm merely mad at him for doing something. I blame you for nothing, says Holmes. But Holmes doesn't know what John McFarland is talking about yet. He asks him to sit down and compose himself. If you compose yourself, you need to calm down and control your actions. McFarland realizes that he should calm down and control himself, but he says, but if you only knew, if you only knew is an exclamation that says, I wish you could understand. And if he finished this sentence, he would probably say, if you only knew what trouble I was in, then you would understand why I'm agitated. Holmes tells him he doesn't know anything about his situation beyond the obvious fact that, and he lists a few things. So Holmes is deducing from his appearance that John McFarland is a bachelor. That means he's not married. He also deduces that he's a solicitor, a low-level lawyer, and a Freemason. This is a group, a social group that he has joined. McFarland is very surprised. He shows his surprise by saying, how on earth did you, when we add that expression, how on earth, we're showing shock or surprise. Watson explains, he says, you mustn't mind him. Don't worry about him and how he knows so much about you. It looks like a conjuring trick, Watson says. It looks like magic, but it's really quite simple. He explains that Holmes deduced that he was a bachelor because his tie was untidy. So we can picture John McFarland wearing a suit and tie. And he deduced that he was a lawyer because he has a sheaf of legal papers sticking out of his pocket. A sheaf is a bundle. We might refer to a, a sheaf if we're farmers and we're talking about grain, and the grain is tied together in a bundle or a sheaf. So here we have some papers that are tied together, a whole bundle of legal papers. And he deduced that you're a Freemason by the charm on your watch. 
a charm is a little piece of jewelry. So it's hanging on his watch and it's a symbol of the group, the Freemasons. Holmes congratulates Watson. He says, upon my soul, Watson, you improve. You do indeed. Holmes is impressed with Watson's ability to deduce. He's been training him. Watson says, oh, thank you, Holmes. And now I fancy Mr. McFarland's calm enough to tell us his story. I fancy, or I think he's calm enough now, to tell us his story coherently. If something is coherent, it's organized so that it makes sense. Mr. McFarland gets back to his story, and he says, I'm everything you said, so I'm a bachelor, I'm a lawyer, and I'm a Freemason. And in addition, I'm the most unfortunate man in London. I'm very unlucky, he says. He says, I'm calm enough now, but I had to know you would be working for me. I couldn't calm down until I hired you to investigate my case. So McFarland is assuming that Holmes has agreed to take his case. And he says, I had to get here before they did. Who's they? Well, he's referring to the police. He says, they're on their way to arrest me. They're going to come and die, Buwa. Holmes wants to know on what charge. What crime do they think he has committed? On what charge, he's asking him, Kong Gao. And he says, on the charge of murdering Mr. Jonas Oldacre. They think I have killed a man. He says, it's already in the newspaper. Look at the headline. The headline is the title of a news article. Holmes says, yes, 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 Watson, pray look at this. And we see from his next sentence that Holmes has already read about it. He says, ah, the second page, as I recall, as I recall. So from memory, he's telling Watson that it says, mysterious affair at Lower Norwood. A mysterious affair is a mysterious event. We don't understand a lot of things about it, so it's mysterious. Disappearance of well-known builder. A builder is a person who builds. He might build houses or other structures like bridges even, but usually houses. And this man has disappeared. Nobody knows where he is. The headline goes on to say murder, mo sha and arson, zong huo So this shows that the journalist is writing and saying, this is what is suspected. We think it was murder and arson. And Holmes points out a clue. He says, a clue to the criminal was found. And they've traced that clue to the mysterious Mr. McFarland. So they have a clue, a small piece of evidence, Xianzuo, and that clue is telling them the criminal is John McFarland. The criminal is someone who committed the crime, Zui Fan. And McFarland says, that's the clue they're following. That's why they're after me. If they're after me, it means they're following me. They're chasing me. I saw them at London Bridge Station. 
and then they have some more visitors coming, and Holmes tells McFarland, I don't necessarily accept your case. I haven't said yes yet, he says. This makes McFarland quite upset again, and he says, Oh, Mr. Holmes, I beg you, please, please. But Holmes says, Still, I'll listen at least. Okay, so he's ready to listen to McFarland's story, and after that, he'll decide if he's ready to take the case, or Jin, whether or not he's willing to investigate on for John McFarland. Before you go, let's listen again to scene one. Hello. What's this? What's this, Watson? Someone in quite a remarkable state of agitation, Holmes. Whoever it is, he's not even waiting for Mrs. Hudson's good offices. A man from his step. A young one from his energy. And a strong one from his tug on the bell pull. Mr. Holmes, I'm nearly mad. Oh, do sit down, won't you? Mr. Holmes, I am the unhappy John Hector McFarlane. Pray have a cigarette, Mr. McFarlane. Oh, you mustn't blame me. I'm nearly mad, I tell I you. I blame you for nothing. But if you don't sit down and compose yourself, I can't possibly listen to you. Well? I'm, I'm sorry. Yes, of course, of course. But if you only knew... When you are fully composed, you must tell us very slowly and quietly who you are and what it is you want. You mentioned your name as if I should recognize it. But I assure you I know nothing whatever about you, beyond the obvious fact that you're a bachelor, a solicitor, and a Freemason. Mr. Holmes, how on earth... <laughs> oh, you mustn't mind it, Mr. McFarlane. It looks like a conjuring trick, but it's very really quite simple. But he deduced the first fact from the general untidiness of your attire, if I may say so, and the second from the sheaf of legal papers sticking out of your pocket there, and the third from the charm on your watch chain. Upon my soul, Watson, you improve. You do indeed. <laughs> well, thank you, Holmes. And now I, I fancy Mr. McFarlane's calm enough to tell us his story coherently. Uh, Mr. Holmes, I'm everything you said, and in addition, I'm the most unfortunate man in London. I'm calm enough now, but I had to know you'd be working for me. It's just that I had to get here before they did. Oh, and who are they, Mr. McFarlane? The police. Uh, they're on their way to arrest me. The police. This is really most gratifying. <laughs> Quite interesting. Uh, on what charge, may I ask? Of murdering Mr. Jonas Oldacre of Lord Norwood. Dear me. Uh, Look there, Mr. Holmes. There, at that newspaper. Look at that headline. Yes, 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 Watson. Pray look at this. Uh, the second page, as I recall, it runs... A mysterious affair at Lower Norwood, disappearance of well-known builder, murder, and arson. Yes, and here you see, below... Yeah, a clue to the criminal, the mysterious Mr. McFarlane. That's the clue they're following now. A, a man was after me at London Bridge Station. What's that? Who is it, Mr. Holmes? We must wait and see. Of course you understand, Mr. McFarlane, that I don't necessarily accept your case. Oh, Mr. Holmes, I Still, I'll you. listen at least. And if... Wow, McFarland really is worked up, and he's presenting himself as the victim. But I wonder if he really is. Stick around for our next podcast to hear his story in Scene 2 
of Sherlock Holmes and the Adventure of the Norwood Builder. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.